The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey guys, welcome back to the Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and today we're going to be breaking down why Josh Allen won't stay average. Yes, average. (laughs) I have my buddy Dan Mitchell. Um, He's a Buffalo Bills YouTuber, and you're going to love what he has to say about Josh Allen and about just the future of what to expect with the Buffalo Bills situation. So really quick, though, we are going to get into some topics in regards to what popped up as breaking news for the Buffalo Bills this week. Here we go. Buffalo Bills cornerback Tredavious White not among 66 NFL opt-outs when that deadline hit at 4 p.m. So there was a lot of hoopla with that, but I just want to say my heart, my prayers go out to his family. Obviously a tough decision on his end and, you know, obviously a big deal to the Buffalo Bills organization um, having him on the field. Obviously it's such a presence on the field with his charisma, with his play. Uh, you know, he, he really makes everyone on the field better around him and I think that's a really good thing to have. You look at clutch moments last year and I'm looking for those clutch moments to happen all over again. Uh, Super excited to have him playing but again even if he would have said no I personally would have just kept rolling with it because you know as a family man I really do support his decision uh, both ways that's really tough you know COVID hit my family centrally and so I know how it feels Uh, very big deal and um, obviously a scary situation when you have other people maybe who have health issues and whatnot. So the second thing I want to get into here is, uh, you know, with Stefan Diggs, they obviously restructured his contract to give him a little bit of extra money, obviously. It looks like they gave him $3.3 million uh, coming off the books in 2022 and 2023 into this season. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a big deal keeping him motivated, you know, getting him acclimated and comfortable into a new situation in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited to see how he's going to get those back shoulder passes in the red zone. In a lot of people have been posting on social media, just, you know, the drops from the playoffs. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a very interesting season, a very interesting time for Josh Allen to show, which is going to go into the segment now with Dan Mitchell on why Josh Allen will not stay average. So let's get into that real quick on the second episode on the buff hub. Welcome back to the Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I am super pumped and excited to have my brother. He's been there from the get-go. He was the one that actually inspired me to keep the fire going, to keep the Buff Hub going. When it wasn't even the Buff Hub, it was another name. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Mitchell is with me on the Buff Hub. Sir, how is it going? 
Steve, Steve, first off, and so I need to preface this by saying that I am so thankful that you decided to bring me on, especially once you shot me a text and said, hey, Dan, like, I really want you to come on and talk about Josh Allen. Like, you knew from the get-go. Let me find the biggest Josh Allen fanboy you possibly can, and I just so happen to be your guy. So, I mean, I, but besides that, Steve, um, things have been great, man. Things have been great. I'm like super happy, um, that we're definitely not going down the road, uh, with the Patriots where the Pats are losing about like four or five players per day. It seems like, yeah. so, uh, things just so happen to be looking up, uh, for the Buffalo bills, baby. I'm so excited (laughs) about it. Guys, if you don't know Dan Mitchell, I just want to say this. Um, I think as far as his YouTube channel goes, he is a pioneer in my eyes of what the, uh, you know, just Buffalo bills, YouTubing and podcasting in general. I think he does an amazing job. So real quick, Dan, you mind telling everyone, I know you just signed with, uh, some, some people, I think it was fan to fan network, someone else you signed with, but can you give everyone a chance to know where all your uh, content is at and whatnot? And so, yeah, guys, so I am a YouTuber by trade. And so you can find me just simply by going into the search bar and typing Dan Mitchell. And then you'll be able to see my like um, my video content there. And then I just ended up partnering up with Fan to Fan Network. Um, it's basically this network where like we have a bunch of YouTubers that got together that cover their own respective teams, and uh, we're basically putting together a like live website of uh, sort of like real life and raw content itself. So I mean, that's both of the platforms for you guys. Rate. Um, and so to find me and, uh, yeah. And so we'll go from there. <laughs> awesome, man. I'm so excited about this segment. Like we oh have been God. in contact for a little while now. Um, and this is a big deal because we're going to talk about the one topic that has been brewing and obviously has oh been God. rubbing people <laughs> in the bills community a different way. Uh, but Hey, let's talk about this topic today. Why Josh Allen won't stay average. I state that because I think that's how the public eye sees him. Um, he is a quarterback that people attack as looking average, as looking like he's already hit his ceiling. He can't fix his complete, his, uh, completion percentage. Uh, his game will not translate well into the NFL, blah, blah, blah. You hear it. So many narratives, but here's the thing, someone who has potential and someone who can change uh, a team's, you know, situation will always bring opinions. But Dan, how about you kick it off? Um, you know, what right away hits your mind when it comes down to the perception of Josh Allen and how do you view him as of late, as of now? All right. Um, so the second that Josh Allen ended up deciding to even put his name in for the NFL draft back in 2018, there was a giant narrative that just ended up completely circulating around him and it hasn't even changed, right? Like the second that he ended up going into the bills and realistically, like once you look at the entire situation um, in 2018 for a rookie quarterback, he was set up to fail. And like, I mean, like you look at it, like from this perspective, like he's like, and so his receivers were damn Robert Foster, Zay Jones, and about midway through the season was Benjamin, honestly. And like, you look at like the perspective from that. So many people were saying along the lines of, Oh, like Josh Allen has like zero accuracy. He can't transition into the NFL by the end of the day. But 
you can't take away from the fact that the kid has legitimately from 2018 to 2019 has legitimately improved in every single facet of his game. And for some reason, this narrative is just, you know, still the exact same from the moment that he entered into the NFL. And it's ridiculously frustrating. It really is. You know, I think one thing in particular that a lot of people like to do whenever they see raw talent is they try to right away, they try to put it in a box. Like there's no way they can get out of that box. There's no way they can improve. That's what they're going to look like. That's what they're going to be like. I mean, for crying out loud, the highest paid quarterback in NFL history is receiving criticism on why he does not deserve that money. Yeah. Within less than three years, ladies and gentlemen, he has won a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's a big so deal. So an MVP one year, Super Bowl MVP, and the following year, and he still doesn't deserve that money, which yeah, blows I, my mind. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, right? But let's, let's imagine he was on a bigger name franchise like Pittsburgh or you know New England Patriots or the New Orleans Saints or you just name it, these big name franchises, if he was their quarterback, right away, they would say maybe he deserved more than that. Um, he's so valuable, but because he's playing at Kansas city and Kansas city was not relevant before he got there, maybe a little bit with, you know, Alex Smith, but they knew that Alex Smith hit his ceiling as far as how he could run an offense. Um, and that debacle in the playoffs obviously said a lot, you know, so I look at a guy like Josh Allen. And one thing that strikes me about him is that I think he's unique. I don't, I try, look, I've done the research. I've done the, the, the video highlights, the, the tape, everything I tried to figure out. I remember a while back, I was uh, watching a video that hashtag sports had thrown on Twitter and it was uh, the throwing motion of him and you know, John Elway. And I was like, that struck me as the first time. And literally it was the only time I could see a similarity of another quarterback from the past that looks remotely like him on the field. And so when I look at Josh Allen, I don't look at the stats. I can't. Because the no. stats don't tell me how he plays. What tells me how he plays is how I always see him time and time again last year and a little bit the year before, giving the Bills a chance to do something special. And, and that sure. is, <laughs> that's what football is all about, right? 110%, dude. 110%. Nothing pisses me off more. And I can't tell you how many times that I've read this from several other networks saying that wins are not a quarterback stat. Frankly, go fuck yourself. That <laughs> is a quarterback stat. Yep. Like, honestly, man, like, I mean, like winning and being successful with not necessarily being in the top of the league as far as accuracy is concerned is not unprecedented by any shape of the imagination. Now, one thing that everyone fails to talk about is one through three quarters, Josh Allen and fourth quarter, Josh Allen. There is a significant difference between what that type of player is, right? Last year, and so Dude Man ended up going with four fourth quarter comebacks, five game winning drives and get this. Like I actually just found this out, like during my research prior to this podcast, his passer rating in the fourth quarter is 109.7. But then once you compare to quarters one through three, he's sitting at 78.6. Like the dude just turns it on. Dude just turns it on when it's absolutely necessary. And we can just sort of look back at several different scenarios of, uh, that one thing that happened during, so like right within the Thanksgiving game where he like 
dug under like four or five, 300 pound men grab that football and like powered his way for a first down. Like that's just that clutch gene that the guy has. And at the end of the day, I would much rather have that clutch gene than have someone that's throwing 68 to 69% when it comes to completion percentage any day of the week. I'm like laughing to myself because I'm like, <laughs> he's definitely no Jay Cutler. If Jay Cutler, someone no, similar oh to my him, God. dude, no, no. If I remember someone saying like, he's not going to be able to throw better. This is not than a lot of these other quarterbacks that are obviously when a moment like that were to happen, they just sit back from the pile and just let everyone fight for it. All oh, right. We lost sure. turnover for on sure. downs, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. that that's what I love about him. He is a football player through and through. You can quote Tony Romo on that. But, you know, one thing for me, right, <laughs> one thing for me that I love about him is, like, he just makes me, um, not even as a Bills fan, but just when I watch him, he makes me enjoy the game of football, you for know, sure. and, you know, people remember Brett Favre, and some of them even equate the way he plays to Brett Favre, in my opinion, with the right talent around him, which this year will say a lot. Yeah. I do believe it's going to pull out those things out of him that Brett Favre was able to do the kind of throws that Brett Favre made were a result of not being afraid to take risks. Also, it was the effect of the way the organization um, and his coaches treated him to have the freedom to be Brett Favre. That's what I'm hoping uh, the Buffalo bills are slowly, but surely letting Josh Allen have. I talked about uh, Josh Allen with uh, Anthony Marino, and I talked about eventually just like raising your kid, which I'll be doing pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> he's going to get on that bicycle, and he's probably going to run in the mailbox. He's going to gash open his head or something. God forbid something bad, right? But going to have to take him to the hospital. You know, boys play rough. Um, you know, eventually yeah. you got you to take the training wheels off. And that's what's going to happen with Josh Allen, I think, this year. The pressure will be. I don't think it's going to be as much on him because no, at the end of the day, having Stefan Diggs is going to bring that double team. It's going to bring less people to play, you know, a situation of cover zero on him, which was, sure. you know, I think a very rough thing to watch last year. He has to get better at that. I think he will. Um, mm. But, you know, as far as the public perception, I, I think it's just, a, it's a snowball effect. And I'll let For you sure. talk after this point because you know, we can both attest to how we've seen time and time again, this snowball effect of a situation. If Josh Allen throws this many picks, if Josh yeah. Allen has this kind of game still wins a game, but it doesn't look like he did much. Mm. It just keeps mounting up and mounting up and mounting up. And one thing the media makes a lot of money off of is not people's success. It's yeah. people's failure. Of course the media wants to see great players fail. Because it makes a great story and it makes them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills doing well, I think bothers the media. Definitely bothers the media. It takes attention away from teams that make them money. Um, So making fun of the Buffalo Bills (laughs) is a lot easier than, uh, you know, talking good about the Buffalo Bills. pays the bills. bills. Yeah, exactly. Pays the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of what I see is I see a lot of growth from his side. I see a lot of potential um, on what he can bring to the field. And you know, one thing for sure, I think is going to be a big deal going into next season. I've talked about this one time, um, one or two times on my uh, previous podcasts, and it was about him getting sacked. Uh, yeah. I, I just look at that, and it just 
man, 38 sacks just bothers me so bad because I'm like, sure does. you know, how many sacks is it going to take for him to tear his ACL? You know, we had the one, it was a late hit. It wasn't a sack when he got injured in 2018 against the Texans, which we were looking like we we're going to come back and win that game. Yep. Who knows if we would, if he would have stayed healthy, if we would have made the playoffs, I don't know. But what yep. I do know is that as far as him getting sacked, that needs to stop at least let's cut that down to 20. For sure. 18 sacks away from last season. Those are 18 chances he would have had to make a really good play. And that's what I want to see exactly. from Josh Allen is, is exactly. more chances to be himself, not more chances on the ground. Wondering, man, what if I would have, what if I would have had just half a second more to get the ball off? I saw him wide open down the field. For sure. For sure, dude. Like 110%. Like so many people are so quick to blame Josh Allen for, let's say that a play that didn't necessarily go his way. Like best example would probably have to be that most previous playoff game that the Bills ended up playing uh, right against the Houston Texans. I'm sorry to bring up, you know, and uh, <laughs> some, uh, some, some of the worst memories, you know, sort of possible. But like, People don't realize the progression that the guy is making, not only as a football player, but as far as his football IQ is concerned. Um, there was so many opportunities for Josh Allen in that Houston Texans game, not, not including <laughs> so the fumble that he ended up throwing, like that like late fourth quarter <laughs> and so yep. the pitch back. Like, I mean, like we definitely won't talk about that. But I mean, like you look at the tape and the guy as far as his football IQ and his decision-making, they were absolutely on point, but his offensive line completely screwed him, especially during that like late last fourth quarter by itself before it ended up going into overtime. So like, Really, when it comes down to it, so many people are like super excited about the Stefan Diggs acquisition, and who is not, right? Like, we finally have a number one receiver. And going back right to your previous point, right? I also am in the camp that Josh Allen is not going to be seeing the exact same amount of pressure that he experienced in 2019. Because realistically, Josh really only had John Brown and Cole Beasley, which don't get me wrong, is leaps and bounds better than his starting cast in 2018. But when you add a receiver like Stephon Diggs, who is, in my opinion, top three best route runners in the entire NFL defenses are going to be a lot more concerned about double teaming him and making sure that Josh is not going to be able to go for a target that can create the type of separation that the Fawn Diggs has. And they're not going to be bringing as much pressure as possible. And we're finally going to see Josh eclipse that 60% completion rate this year because of that acquisition alone not to mention cole beasley who in my opinion is definitely in the top tier of route runners as well then you marry in the fact that we have an incredible run game with devin singletary who i think is absolutely about to go off but that could be a podcast for another time i think that we're finally about to see the guy's true potential and the only thing that we were missing was just that one more piece that's it I, I, people always say, what if Duke Williams weren't catching those key back shoulder passes and it was Stefan Diggs? 
I know. No, I, I, know I, I look at a situation like that, and I think that's why Brandon Bean decided to pull the trigger on a guy like Stefan Diggs, even if it cost us as many picks as it did. It was yep. important. It was important to – we had to slash that question you know, away. It's, it's done. Sure. We, we have the guy – um, for key pressured situations. And that's what matters. You know, I I think that's all Josh Allen needed. I think as far as what the talent he finally had, which I I say finally, like it took five years. I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. We got all of those players and acquisitions a year after like that disastrous 2018 season. And I look at his situation now and I'm like, it's going to be great for him. Now, am I expecting us to take it all the way to the AFC championship? That in my opinion is going to fall on Sean McDermott's shoulders because I look at our preparation as far as, you know, going into the playoffs again. I think that's definitely going to happen next year. Our game plan has to be like next level. I think when we went into the second half, we're up to, you know, up to 16, zero, I don't know exactly what happened after that as far as situationally um, did we just feel like the momentum got sucked out of us or something like that? Like, why was it so hard for us to score another touchdown? Exactly. I look at that and I'm just like any team who's up 16, zero at half needs to win that game. Well, yeah, but you need to score at least, at least score one more touchdown. Absolutely. Not, not scrape your way back to a field goal and send it to overtime. I mean, that just goes to show you that Bill O'Brien had more cards in his deck than Sean McDermott did. In my opinion, that's in my opinion. And you know, that's what happens when you have a defensive minded coach. Does Sean McDermott now take a bigger step into the offensive side of the football to make sure we are ready and prepared to dominate after a second half. I don't see that yeah. happening to a guy like Mike Tomlin. I don't see that happening to a guy like Andy Reid. I don't see that happening with Bill Belichick. I don't see that happening with, with Pete Carroll. Yeah. These are coaches he needs to beat in order for us to have that confidence like we did in the 90s. So, sure. you know, I, I love Josh Allen as far as what he brings to the, you know, to the table. Um, I don't think he did, you know, terrible in that game, I just look at, you know, what led to those events of the fumble and the situational football things where, you know, he tries to do a back, you know, a backwards, backwards pitch to Knox and everyone and don't get me a, wrong. You know, say that Knox were to catch that, then that would have been like probably top five on ESPN for the next three years. For say sure. That, that yeah. <laughs> then that would have been top five, but I mean, that's, you know what? That's know. exact. That's that's what Josh Allen was saying is he went to the ground top five. <laughs> top five fool. Oh my up. gosh. Yeah. yeah, man. No, this, this topic is so fun in my opinion. Cause I feel like as a fan or as anyone who's an expert, I feel like you're able to really just see it for what it is. I think, you know, yes, we want to see him have those explosive plays. Uh, we want to see him do great for the Buffalo bills, but I think it's definitely going to come down to what you said that we desperately needed in the playoffs going into the second half. I think it was not only the game planning, but it was the protection. I think we both agree on that. Yeah. And so I look at one thing in particular, and I want to say that the Buffalo bills, I think can take a strong step forward if we were to execute really well, as far as the primetime games go. And so, yeah, for sure, man. Like, honestly, like, there's definitely a lot on the table right now. Not necessarily when it comes down to the overall world's perception rate of the Buffalo Bills. But really, at the end of the day, I don't want Josh Allen to change. 
right? So many people are saying, oh, and so I wish that like he wouldn't scramble so often. Hate those QB design runs. I wish that he would just stay in the pocket and just be like that pocket passer. Don't make Josh Allen what he is not. Josh Allen has already proven that he can lead a team with limited weapons and bring them to a winning record as in from 2019 back when we ended up getting to 10 and six by itself. And I mean, really like going back, like within this negative narrative, like rate of Josh Allen by itself, perfect example. Let's bring up the quarterback, Cam Newton, who let's put it this way. And you probably can't even deny it that the media has been sucking this dude off for probably about like two weeks. The second that he ended up signing his, um, and, and, and so the contract with the Patriots for $3 and some incentives, right? <laughs> like that's essentially what it was. So many people are loving Cam Newton, but what most people don't realize is, is like last year in 2019, and then you compare it to Newton's last year where he played fully without being injured in 2017. The two of them legitimately had identical numbers, right? And so the Panthers in 2017 were at 11 and five. And then as far as Josh's, as far as like hit, as far as his rate for completions was 58.8% and Newton's was 59.1. And so they both had the same amount of touchdowns. They both had like super similar yards per attempt. And, but the media is like, Oh, Josh Allen's not the answer. He sucks. He's like the weakest link. But then you look at a quarterback like Cam Newton, who largely has had the exact same the exact same of the production his entire career, which is completely frustrating. And I can't understand why. You know, I think it's going to sound kind of crazy, but like, I think uh, Josh Allen, as far as his potential and what he can do, I think is going to exceed Cam Newton. I, I, I get he had the MVP season. I think that was great. Great for him. He needed yeah. to be appreciated, appreciated. You know, I think he was a great quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I just think as far as, you know, the longevity of the way he played, I just felt like that was the reason that Carolina wanted to move on. They didn't feel like he was a quarterback for the rest of the next eight years. They wanted to pursue another, you know, another NFC yeah. championship, uh, which you know, you look at the injuries, you look at the way he takes hits, you look at the way he releases the ball. He's had stellar games. Don't get me wrong. But you know, I I do look at that situation and say, I see now why he's not in Carolina. Um, now in the event, in the event that I, Josh Allen, God forbid, knock on wood would have gotten hurt or got hurt. I don't, I don't think he would be a bad replacement for an immediate three or four games. Um, as, as far as, you know, I think he's a really good starting replacement quarterback. I don't want him leading my team an entire year though. Um, And that's, that's where I see the difference between him and Josh Allen. In my opinion, I think that uh, over the best years of uh, you know, his career, Cam Newton, excuse me. He had a lot of talent in those best years and the talent started to leave. They started to get away from certain things, whatever the reason was cap space, you name it. But, you know, I I look at the way the Buffalo bills are being built. And I think this is a plan to not only just win the division now, but they, they want to just dominate for, I think definitely over 12 years. 
you know, and, and they believe Josh Allen is going to have, you know, the mentality, the, the, you know, on and off the field, just everything. He's the package, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I think a lot of people discount him on. I think they don't really see that. I think that they should. A quarterback, if, if he's just great on the field, but he's a disaster off the field, he's getting into this, he's getting into that, he's obnoxious with the media. I mean, do you really want that with young guys coming in that once they start getting good, they start doing the same thing, and then you don't want to retain them because they're being agitating um, to your entire locker room? You don't want that. Yeah. You know, you want a guy who's who's humble, who who can understand the vision of the team and doesn't – yeah, you're going you're gonna to want to motivate people by making them feel uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, you don't want to just – consistently not care about rubbing people the wrong way who are supporting you and laying their, you know, laying their bodies down on the field for you game to game. So, you know, it's, it's a fun comparison with Cam Newton. Now (laughs) what about Blake Bortles? (laughs) That pissed me off. Oh my God. You know, that That was, uh, we'll finish with this Blake Bortles topic. Grinded my gears. That grinded my gears. (laughs) Absolutely. Ah, oh, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles. Um, there is no way ever, ever, I would ever want to build a team around Blake Bortles versus Josh no Allen. No, I don't like the way he plays stylistically. Um, I think every time I watched him play, yes, he won games. I just felt like there were, a, he didn't convince me that yeah. he should be a starting quarterback. I think, mm-hmm. but maybe one or two games, honestly, yeah. I, I just don't feel like he did. Um, I, I think Jacksonville, they, you know, they invested heavily, we yeah. know, draft him in the first round and they wanted to see what he had. He was a big quarterback, um, similar, you know, talk about him and Josh Allen coming out of the draft. But the reality of the situation is the effect on the field. You can see it. Yeah. Josh Allen, in my opinion, has a different effect on a defense than Blake Bortles does for sure. He played against, he, he, and, and I think he was benefited by a very stout defense yeah. that they could cover, but they could also hit you pretty good. Um, I said this, I've been on the record before. I think one of the things about the bills that they finally, I think clicked the switch on is stop playing so good as, as, as finesse players and start hitting harder, you know, yeah. putting your, you know, imposing your will in the trenches, early on quick and make them realize they're not going to run the football yeah. without getting hurt, you know, without, you know, getting punched in the face for doing it. So that was something that I liked to see from the bills. Once that started, you know, we started to lose games because of the running game, you know, whatever, just they kept, we kept getting steamrolled or whatever. But, you know, with that being said, I just look at our situation versus Blake Bortles situation. I think it's completely different. And so, yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, like, I mean, like really trying to look at it from an objective standpoint, right? Like you compare Bortles and Josh Allen and right at the time they were both with the quarterbacks that were blessed with an amazing defense. Right. But like the key difference is right. If you were to put Blake Bortles on the 2018 Buffalo Bills, compared to Josh Allen playing with the 2018 Buffalo Bills and to see what Josh Allen did with legitimately, like, honestly, like we probably could have found better talent on like junior varsity squads and like (laughs) bumfuck Mississippi. Like 
that's legitimately what it was. And like, he was able to win with that amount of weapons, like by itself with Bortles, like that year where they made a run for the AFC championship, like first off had probably the best defense like that year, like right at his disposal. And so then he had Leonard Fournette who absolutely blew the fuck up that year by itself, had an amazing run game. Yes. But then like, you can't compare the two based off of what Josh Allen can do with legitimately a junior varsity squad and what Blake Bartle. And so what Blake Bortles did with frankly, an all-star team say that there was any other quarterback at the helm during that year, then the Jaguars would have been Super Bowl champions. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So check this stat out his best season as a quarterback. He was 10 and six. He was sacked 14 times less than Josh Allen at 24, 24 Mm -hmm. sacks, 24, 24 sacks. And four, and you had 14 more opportunities in key situations to get the ball down the field. So I look at that. And the one thing that strikes me is that he does not have the same arm talent as Josh Allen. I think weak arm compared to Josh Allen's arm. Yeah. The big guy. I just, whenever I would see him throw the football, it was always very, just a very floppy pass. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't feel like it was, it was a very confident throw. It was like, why is a guy who's this big throwing it so soft? You know, it always bothered me about him. He kind of looked like Chad Pennington after injury. It was just like, this guy guy was not throwing the ball hard at all. Um, You know, maybe he was a good decision maker in people's eyes, whatever have you. And that's what, you know, made him stay afloat at the position starting quarterback. But I, I just don't foresee the bills having a Blake Bortles situation. This is my yeah. point. I don't think it's going to be a Blake Bortles situation for Josh Allen from top to bottom. The culture in the Buffalo bills organization is very tight knit, very put together. We don't have sour personalities inside the room. We have people who want to be there for each other. Yeah. And I felt like once Jacksonville got good, you started to see the sour apples pop up. People yep. got traded. People are requesting trades. You name it. That is an effect of poor leadership. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think Blake Bortles, at best, is going to be a 10-6 and six quarterback. But I foresee Josh Allen being a 12-4 and four quarterback or a 13-3 quarterback. Absolutely. Because of what he can bring to the field. All we need is for those broken down plays that we tech, we tend to miss very frequently. Yeah. Turn into big plays, which happens all the time to the best in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Aaron Rodgers. Oh man. Aaron Rod. People just salivate whenever he makes a play, but when, when is he really making the biggest plays when they break down, he rolls out and he's throwing it from to the other side of the field across, across the field for 50, 60 yards. I mean, yep. good God, but he makes it happen. He has the talent to make it happen. And you look, you look at a guy like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, very air, you know, very, looks like a lot like Aaron Rodgers In my opinion, when the plays break down, you got Tyree kill running across the field against some of the best defenses turns into backyard football, but you need yeah. players who can execute in those situations to win big games and get those flashy plays to convince the audience who are not bills fans that this guy's for real. I think that's going to happen this year. And you know, me too. I'm going to close with that, but also Dan, let's make sure all of the audience knows 
um, where they can find all your content. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, so I am a YouTuber by trade. So you guys can find me on YouTube. Just simply search Dan Mitchell. Um, I try to put out at least four or five videos a week. And so I definitely try to go on ahead and cover. Um, so like the news around the Buffalo bills, et cetera. And I put a little, uh, let's say rated R, um, sort of mentality to it itself. Definitely not winning any sort of awards for professionalism by any means. But I mean, say for example, that you wanted to tune in and YouTube is the place to go. And then fan to fan network.com. That is where you will be able to find my written content as well. Well, let me just say this, um, Dan, number one, thank you so much for motivating me to want to keep doing podcasts. Um, yeah, man, for sure. you know, I'm over here and <laughs> my job isn't easy by any means. Um, but you know, I had a lot, I had some free time that popped up. It was a perfect situation for me to try to really pursue this. And you were one of the only people that really looked at what I had going on. And you said, you need to push this. But let me also say this. I ran, in, I'm going to bring it up. I don't care. I'm bringing <laughs> do it, it up. Do it, do it, I do ran it. into Dan Mitchell on YouTube when I wanted to preview <laughs> one of the games. Let me tell you how I know Dan. Cause I, I didn't say this early on. I commented before, uh, the, the bills ended up playing the dolphins on his dolphins video. I said, um, what did I say? It was something about, how about we stay humble? And you said something exactly. like, how about no? <laughs> because his prediction was that we were going to destroy them and this, this, and that, and the other. And I just felt like, oh, yeah. it's so dicey. Like we don't have a lot of momentum going into this game compared to, you know, other teams going in other weeks. And I was just like, oh boy, here we go. You know? Yeah. And he was right that week. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, Okay. Oh, I'm gonna watch your next oh, couple yeah. of videos, man, because you know you're you're dropping these videos and they're good. Yeah, they really it's like my skin like a little bit. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's he's right. He's right, again. <laughs> he's right though. Yeah, he's no, right again. Honestly, dude, like, I mean, and he just kept going and going and going. But uh, let me just say this: you went up. I mean, he shot up in subscribers immediately. Um, and I now you're close to like over eight thousand. It looks like right now. Um, so I'm like mid seven thousand right now. Okay. I like yeah. And so my goal, and so is to be like right around 10,000 before kickoff of week one. So, I mean, that's my goal right there. So, I mean, Hey, you do a great job. I just want to shout you out for, you know, being a great friend, you know, jumping on the buff hub. So yeah, yeah guys, definitely sure. check out Dan Mitchell. Thank you so much for tuning in onto the second episode of the buff hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your day and go bills.